You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. And today we're talking about leadership with some awesome people who know lots of stuff about <laughs> leadership. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and creator of The Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified. I am an author, writer, workshop leader, and advocate for all things goals. And every Monday, I bring together three friends to dive into the topic of the week. And then Thursday, it magically becomes an episode of the Deb Show podcast on the Marketing Podcast Network. Leadership, and, and Julie Waters, one of my guests today, we were talking about this leadership. It's not a soft skill. It's an everyday skill. Mm -hmm. And it's something, whether you are a, a team leader, an employer, an employee, it's a skill that you need really to blossom within any business, whether it's your own or someone else. So I'm really excited. Today we have Rusty Gaylord, who comes to us through our friend Anastasia, and Rati Gorfin, who we just met a couple weeks ago at the Gem Networking. So always good, quality, awesome people. And Julie Waters, one of my innovation women friends. And I'm glad we've been waiting for the right topic to have you on. And I'm yes. really thrilled We've got it. We've got leadership. And I would love for you all to share a little bit about you and why you're here and why you're so excited to talk about leadership. Rusty. Let's I guess I'm going first. I saw my picture pop up. <laughs> yes, that's you. Uh, so uh, let's see. I, I am very interested in leadership. I spent the first 25 years of my career as a a leader in corporate environments. I started in General Electric back when Jack Welch was CEO and leadership was a big thing. Uh, he was held up as one of the best leaders in the world and I got to start my career in that environment. At the end of my corporate career with the last 14 years working at Apple, including as a director of finance, leading the global forecast, sales forecast in the years after the iPhone was announced. I started there pre-iPhone and I was leading the forecast there after the iPhone was announced. And it was a great time to be there, a wonderful company. And I left four years ago because I'm a real student of discovery and learning and growth and of leadership. And now my passion is about bringing that to other business leaders. And I really, I work with small businesses that are scaling. So once a business has a good product that's viable and they're really growing, they're building, adding people, they're adding revenue, they're adding new process and structure. How do you do that? And that's both an operational challenge and a leadership challenge. Think of how few CEOs look like Jeff Bezos, who are CEO from one employee to tens of thousands of employees. Very few CEOs can make that journey because they don't know how to grow their leadership. So that's where my passion is and looking forward to our conversation today. 
Well, wonderful to have you here. And we were talking about this. You were at my, I do a um, meet and greet every month, every other month to get to know my guests. And it was really funny because Jesse Berg, who's one of my upcoming guests, was talking about how that's great. I do the people right before you. So it really is um, important to have certain skills for every part of that entrepreneurship or or business leadership process. So really looking forward to your insight. Rati. Well, hi. Uh, thank you for having me, Deborah. I'm really excited to be here. Uh, my business is Creative Calling Coaching, uh, founded in 2003. And I help creatives and entrepreneurs who can't finish anything <laughs> focus so that they can grab the focus of others, get seen, and make money doing what they love. And so I've been doing this a while. I have a team. And so I guess because I have a team, well, I know because I've had a team, I've had to learn leadership skills. I also happen to be in a household with two other uh diagnosed uh, people with neurodivergencies, ADHD. And uh, so um, I've had to really make friends with being Captain Mommy. So there's also leadership training in that. I mean, leadership, like you were saying, Deborah, every, every facet of life uh, calls for leadership, I think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and it, the personal life, not just professional. Oh, yeah. It, we, we use these skills all the time. So I, I'm really glad. And I know that we just met a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, ah, I have a spot on leadership and your personality was just, it was like busting off the screen. So really happy mm -hmm. to have you here to join in the fun. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm, I'm psyched. <laughs> Julie Waters. Great to see you. And, and we're, we're taking, I love that you bring the HR aspect to this conversation. So please share who you are and why you're so excited to be here. Well, thank you, Deb. I know we've, we've kind of known each other online anyway for, for a while now. So it's good to be here and watched uh, quite a few of the shows. So very entertaining. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, I loved the cooking, the cooking show. That was great. So um, it does make its way into my conversations and every now and then it gets to be the entire conversation. So thank you. <laughs> Whatever works for you. So. Uh, my name is Julie Waters. I'm the author of HR Explained, a practical guide for human resources for small businesses. I have uh, about 25 years of human resources experience. I did quite a bit of my kind of HR growing while at the Military Officers Association. I was there, a director of human resources. Uh, so leadership is obviously a big, big thing there. Uh, I was a long, long time military spouse and so having seen the good, the bad and the ugly there. <laughs> so um, as Rati was saying, you know, leadership in the family is also a thing. You're, you're constantly setting an example for the people in your household. You're setting an example for your people in your, in your workplace and, and in your you know, uh, clubs. And even like as the sports team mom, you're setting an example of the way to act, you know, how you 
are expected to act anyway in a certain in certain situations. You know, the ref does a bad call. Don't run your mouth. It's not your game. You're not on the field. So, so, um, but I'm I'm really happy to be here and kind of talk. My thing these days is uh, lousy leadership. So, hmm. let's go. Well, well, there is plenty of that. Of course, we do like to focus on the positive. But <laughs> oh, sorry. But- but, no, that, but but it, well, and I don't know if you saw. I did speaker fails a few weeks mm. ago with with Bobby and uh, nice. Bobby, Robbie, and John from our in a, my little speaker innovation women coalition. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about we don't only learn from the good. We also learn from the less good, aka known as bad. But before we really dive into leadership, let, let's give it a definition. So. What is your definition of leadership? Rusty? Great question. Uh, I wish I had like a pithy answer right off the tip of my head. But fundamentally, leadership is about engaging action from others. Uh, because, and that other can, by the way, include yourself, it can include your family. And I think we've alluded to that. I think so many people tend to think of their life in categories, but leadership is a skill that spans all of those categories and is about motivating, motivating and inspiring action to move forward towards a purpose. Oh, I think you did really well on the fly there. <laughs> Rajki. Oh, I love this. Uh, I, you know, when I think about it, in my experience, uh, leadership, the, uh, the most effective li- uh, style of leadership is inspiration and validation. Just focusing on what someone's doing right and building on that. Ooh, I, I love that too. Well, my my uh, subhead is motivation and inspiration. So you got me on that one. I love it. Yeah. Julie. Well, I'm going to go the other route and saying mirroring the behavior that you expect. Ooh. That's- well, that's true because a lot of business, they have um, dictatorship, which isn't leadership, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a common misunderstanding that leadership comes with position or authority. Uh, right. And that's not at all the case. Yeah, whether it's uh, within an organization or you know, on your sports team or whatever, you lead from where you are. If if that's in the middle or at the back, that's fine. But you need to expect, you know, demonstrate the behaviors that you expect from the rest of your team. Which really leads into the question, what is bad leadership? I mean, you brought it up, so we might as well jump right in. <laughs> I or, think, or, yeah. Go on. I think bad leadership is coming from a place of having to, well, yes, uh, lift your leg and mark your mark your territory. I'm going to try to keep this PG-13. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it, poor leadership comes from a place of having to prove one's dominance or self and or also constantly feeling like, you have to show how much you know and prove that you deserve to be in charge, all of that. I think leadership, depending on the situation, is often expected. I mean, as someone who manages a team, my team expects me to lead them. And uh, I, and, and so... But my style is not to micromanage, but collaborate. 
Mm-hmm. I'm more of a collaborative style of, of leadership. And I find uh, people who just give orders and uh, point. To, I once had a director. I'm a theater artist in a past life. And I once had a director who uh, this was how he directed. If you were doing something wrong, he let you flounder. I mean, it was like something using a very physical technique in this particular production. If he thought you were doing something right, he would encourage you and encourage you. And to me, that was a problem. You don't ignore or give no energy to someone who's lost. You give them an adjustment. So I didn't particularly like his style of leadership, which which was to just let people drown, see who makes the cut. You know, uh, I've seen that in uh, um, I've seen that in in school situations in colleges where they just let students flounder rather than giving them guidance, and uh, you know the the cream rises to the top is the philosophy. And I think that's a waste of a lot of good talent. I, I agree. It, it's, it's the leader is it's your part of a team. Yeah. And why wouldn't you want the team to succeed? That's, mm-hmm. you know, floundering. That's like, it's like saying, okay, well, it's not going to look good. on. It's not going to impact me, but it really is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, oh, I Julie. Oh, sorry. I think, As the leader, when you see one of your team members struggling and, you know, to be able to uh, explain what you want from them in the way that they're going to hear it. Um, I, at one point I had six different people in the same role and they all seem to take their direction in different ways. And so it's not me just saying, this is the way you need to do it. To say this is need, how you need to do it to this person who only wants emails and this person who wants to just magically find it on her desk and this other person who wants a 30 minute conversation. So as the leader, you have to you know, kind of design your discussion around this improvement piece to the audience. Oh, I, 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 I don't know. I will say uh, to be contentious here it, as a leader, I like to establish the channels of communication. You know, I like to say, this is how I like us to communicate through the project management software or text. Mm-hmm. Nothing, you know, that's, I just established those boundaries. Otherwise there's like things going on in 50 different platforms and whatever, Slack and email and da da, And it, it, it gets a, a little wacky, but I will agree. One thing I think is you do need to meet in person regularly also mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. see each other eye to eye because yeah, people have different processing styles and it can save so much time to just have a conversation. Absolutely. Right. And the, the having the, the information and the, the methodology, the procedure, whatever, uh, in any, you know, whether it's a Slack channel or a procedures manual or something, absolutely. But if you are finding that there is a gap somewhere, you need to get them over that at whichever way it works for them. I, 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 I was going to say, I, I really want Russ to chime in because I'm sure you've got like <laughs> an even third perspective on this. 
Well, I, I think it's interesting because what we're talking about is in some way you could argue is like, well, channels of communication, how important is that in the grand scheme of leadership? And yet it's a real indicator that things can break down at a very kind of micro level. Mm-hmm. Because if communication's not working, you're never going to achieve your goals. You're not going to be a high-performing team. So I think this idea of setting ground rules of, hey, this is the way we're going to do things. Yeah. And some of that is collaborative. And some of it, as Rati is saying, is it comes from the top. So, hey, mm-hmm. these are the tools we're going to use. This is the way we're going to do this. But having that clear set of expectations and norms about how people to work, how people work best. And as Julie said, having some awareness to each person being different and their own tendencies and how they absorb and learn things the best. It's really this dance between these two things, you know, some degree of standardization and some degree of accommodation for how someone is unique, mm-hmm. but having to manage that at the detail level, because without that, you will never work together effectively to achieve a common goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love that you mentioned communication because, and Julie knows this originally, I said, okay, we're going to talk about either leadership or communication and leadership just one, but it's really the same conversation because you can't Mm -hmm. discuss one without the other. For sure. And I want to get back to the bad leadership question before we spiral. I mean, I'm (laughs) fine with spiraling, but let's rein it back. Julie, did you answer what you think makes a bad leader? Um, I think to me, a bad leader is the do as I say, not as I do. Um, Again, that's mirroring the behavior that you expect, but you know, you want a lot of debate these days over whether uh, we need to be in the office back five days a week or whether we can still do a hybrid model. Uh, The boss wants them back five days a week, but, you know, rolls in at 10 and leaves at two. Why do we need to be here if you don't need to be here? So, um, and, and the punishing for failures. uh, I know we talked about failures a little bit. I learned more from the screw ups that I made in my career way more than I did from cruising along doing, you know, doing just average. So, so I think punishing the failures or, you know, the elephant gun to kill a mouse kind of. (laughs) Oh, wow. That one. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like one person screwing up. So let's punish everybody kind of. So it's just. It's it's a very dictatorial kind of way of looking at things. So, yeah, yeah, or making an example of someone, you know, shaming someone in front of a, a, a of the team. That's that. Yeah. yeah. Even if you don't mention names, then yeah, yeah that's, you know. mm-hmm. I, I'm having flashbacks because I have I spent many years in corporate. Um, I've survived corporate, which really usually makes people laugh. They're like, "Dad, really corporate you?" And I'm like, "Yep." I used to wear slacks and button-down shirts every wow. single day and work in an office. But mm-hmm. but that's those are the leaders. It's um, the ones that are self-aware and want to be cheerleading everybody and getting their hands dirty. Those are the ones who are successful. Rusty, I want to make sure you get to answer the bad leader question. So go. Well, I, I want to build on what you just said, which is... Uh, And it ties back to something you mentioned earlier, which is when we talk about soft skills, what most people consider to be soft skills, they're not really soft skills. They're our differentiator. Uh, I talk about them as core skills, Mm -hmm. because if you don't have those, you will not be successful. Most of the leadership studies say that the people with EQ matters more than IQ from a leadership standpoint. So Mm -hmm. emotional intelligence is more important than just raw horsepower intelligence. 
So I talk about five fundamentals of leadership. I'm not going to go talk about all of them, but one, the first one is self-awareness. Uh, and this was kind of, you were alluding to this, like if you say one thing and do another, you're not very self-aware. So like self-awareness is just a critical element of good leadership. Uh, and then I'm going to touch on the fifth one, which is compassion. And compassion is so easily misunderstood. Compassion is not about being soft and cuddly and warm and so on, but compassion is about seeing other people as people, seeing yourself as a person, seeing other people as people and interacting with them and relating to them as another person. You can still have high standards and set expectations and give negative feedback and set limitations and, you know, and so on, but you're doing that recognizing there's a person sitting across from you and you're doing that in a more of a human way. So. Those are important aspects of being a leader. And the opposite of that, of course, is bad leadership when you're not aware of who you are and what you're doing and your inconsistencies and you're treating other people as cogs in the machine rather than as people. Okay, But now I need to know what um, items number two, three and four are. <laughs> All right. I'll give it to you briefly. It starts with self-awareness. The second element is vision and values. So that Deb, this might resonate with you, right? It's about knowing where you're going. The third piece is courage, a willingness to actually take action towards that destination. Fourth is resilience because we all hit bumps along the way. And then the fifth is compassion. Thank you. Cause you know, I didn't want to lose sleep over not knowing <laughs> Got you on a cliffhanger there. <laughs> yes, stay tuned. We're not gonna. <laughs> you, you have to go to the show notes to find out the other three. No, that's me. We wouldn't do that. But, but they all really do work in tandem. And you're right. The opposite of bad leadership is to don't do any of those things, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I just want to say like, you know, we talk about communication skills, we talk about decision-making skills, you know, positional authority, all of that, but it really starts with having a clear understanding of who am I and what am I good at and what's important to me and how do I show up as a leader uh, and treating other people with respect and kindness again, with high expectations, wonderful, but kindly. Uh, and so it's, it's bringing really your, your whole self into the workplace. And that I believe is what makes the most successful leaders. I love what you say about bringing your whole self to the workplace. Mm -hmm. I mean, I found what's worked for me is to be completely vulnerable. Uh, if I'm not, you know, on top of things because of something that happened in my life, right? I'm not, I'm going to, I may not go into TMI, too much information, but I'm going to say, you know what? I'm a little shaky this morning. Something happened in my family. I'm not going to get into it, but I'm just saying, if you, if I make you repeat yourself because my mind is elsewhere, you know, mm -hmm. you know where you know what's happening. That's so powerful, and it it, it just allows everyone else to be themselves and be authentic. It, it, yeah, and that I comes. I'm sorry, that comes from the top down is you yeah. need to set that uh, set that standard where that's okay because we all have stuff that happens and sometimes we're not going to be 100% every day. So it's wonderful that you set that set that example and set that, uh, you know, just reality that we're people and we have crap going it's on. It's just so <laughs> hard to sustain being somebody else. <laughs> It just doesn't, it's, doesn't work. It's much easier because in going back and I'll, I'll let you jump in a, in a minute, Rusty, um, going back to the mission or what I say, you can't get what you want unless you know 
what that is, it starts with taking an inventory of you and whether you're a leader or a team member, bringing all of you quirks, uniqueness and all, that's only going to benefit the business. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, we were kind of talking about this idea of bad leadership and then the idea of communication came up and the question that came to my mind was like, oh, what's bad communication? And, you know, one of the things I think that's bad communication is the things that you left leave unsaid because you don't believe they can be said. So like what Rati just said, you know, well, I can't talk about what's going on in my personal life. I just got to suck it up and, you know, be my professional self because I'm at work now. But if you have the willingness to address it in a very simple and straightforward way, like Rati just modeled, hey, something happened in my family. It's not important that I get into the details, but hey, I'm not at 100% today. So if I ask you to repeat something, that's what's going on. It's a very short, simple way to address something that brings a little bit of humanity into work, allows people to understand where you are, and ultimately that builds trust. And as a leader, you need to have a trusting relationship with your team because you want them to trust you. And that includes telling you what's going on. You want to know if they've got something going on in their life because you may not choose to give them the most important project in the moment when they're going through some personal crisis. Yes. And if you don't have trust, you won't know those things. Yeah. I really love where this conversation is going and it's authenticity too. It's, it feels like a buzzword. I mean, I know it isn't, but really over the last three years when people have had no choice but to be themselves as we've um, and had these weird transitions in work and life and hybrid, whatever. Uh, but there's no substitute for being who you are. Mm-hmm. No. And, you know, I'm curious. I, I just have to ask Rusty, uh, because you work in a lot. I mean, I think you all three of you have worked in corporate and such. I mean, I I could not work in corporate. It just it just didn't work. And, and for that matter, I, I found that I couldn't work for anyone else. It doesn't it's not good for anyone when I work for someone else, <laughs> which is why I have my own business. So I'm wondering what it looks like to have that kind of authenticity in a corporate environment. Is it possible? Because, you know, maybe maybe back in the day when I was doing temp work or whatever, uh, it was just the culture was different. I'm just wondering what that looks like now. You want to start, Rusty? Uh, sure, I, I will start. I, I think that the, there's a very strong tendency in the corporate world to align to what you believe the corporate model is. And so there's just like, there's a strong pull there to to show up a certain way. I mean, I grew up in a family where my dad literally put on a suit every day and carried a briefcase to work. Uh, and that was the model for me. And so when I went to work, I mean, I didn't actually wear a suit, but you know, I dressed up, I wore slacks and a button down shirt. And um, you know, even when I went to work for Apple, I think it took me a couple of years before I could actually wore jeans to work. <laughs> which everybody wears jeans at Apple. But, you know, I just grew up in this way that's like, oh, you don't wear jeans to work. That's unprofessional. And, you know, it, so it just speaks to the power of your mindset and your view on the world. And it's very easy when you're in the corporate world to take on that corporate viewpoint and to buy into that way of seeing things. And that, for most people, is not authentic because they're playing a role. They're showing up the way they think they're supposed to be showing up. And authenticity is about being more of yourself. 
And from my experience working in the corporate world, the people who are most effective are the ones who find a way to be authentic in that environment. They're still themselves. Because if you think about moving up the leadership ranks, at some point you go from doing what you're told to setting the direction, right? Early in your career, you follow direction. And then at some point you're the one setting direction. And if you're always playing the game and trying to fit into a mold, how do you set direction? Because you're trying to second guess what's expected of me and do I say X because that's what I think people are going to like? That's not going to be effective as a leader. So it's about finding a way inside of that space to be authentic. And I think it's absolutely possible and challenging. I love everything you said. One of the things I do, so so I do some corporate, some corporate team building, relationship development, whatever we want to call it. But one of my beliefs is that businesses are best if people, if the team members have their goals that are in alignment with the business. So I go in, I do my, my goal setting simplified. I call it, um, I keep, keep employees engaged and productive because employees that feel valued are going to give their best to the business, but you need to give them that, that air, right? That breathing room and the space to say, Oh, I'm good at this. This is how I can rise. Mm-hmm. within the company. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing getting out of that loop, but it's another thing as a leader to say, it's okay. I want to know what you want so we can build the business together. Did I sidetrack too much? This all fits, right? Oh, <laughs> oh you're good. <laughs> Julie, what do you think? Uh, I think um, in corporate, you know, you think corporate, I think these, you know, 10, 20, 30,000 employee places, they're still shrunk to a team to a certain extent. And if you find you don't fit with this team later, or that one, or, you know, even that book of business to this other one, you switch around. And corporate actually makes that a little easier because they already have a known entity in the building if they're not doing great in accounting, we move them to over here or something. So you you can find your niche within a larger organization, typically. On the other end of that, if you're kind of a, a wild card and want to do things your way, awesome. But if you want to stay here, we want you to do your thing because you're super good at it but let's rein in this little aspect. This is what I want from you. You can take whatever path you want within reason, you know, don't be a jerk to your coworkers or whatever it is. But we want you to get from A to B, how you get there, knock yourself out. So it's the setting expectations that you were talking about before. Yes. And those open lines of communication. Rachi, yeah. you sounded like you wanted to say something. No, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking as as this conversation has gone on, what occurs to me is that is as you know, the word culture, that part of being a leader is establishing, whether it's corporate or a small business or whatever, you're establishing the culture of the company. Uh, you know, and, and there are different corporate cultures, you know. 
Uh, I, I just remember I had a job at one point and, you know, I was trying to, you know, there was a dress code, you know, what was considered corporate. And I thought I was still following it, but, you know, I would get told, yeah, you're a little too East Village looking today or whatever. And I mean, I just couldn't, I couldn't, it was so hard to kind of glean what the culture, ex, cultural expectations were. And I, I think in today's workplace, I think things are more, you know, some of it is our generation. If we grew up in the 80s and we saw what corporate was, um, then that's what you knew it was or you thought it was. You know, I, I remember being nine plus months pregnant in my high heels walking around the office like I own the place <laughs> because that's, that was part of the uniform. Uh, but. Um, so it is, it is a little easier now and it is a little, uh, more relaxed, I think for the, you know, the, particularly the Gen Zers too. I I was going to say your Gen Xer is showing. I know. (laughs) I can't help it. (laughs) Um, but the, um, it takes one to know one. Yeah. Just saying. So, but also I, I just think. There are, if you're in a a stuffy suit all day, every day, and you love that, maybe accounting is for you. If you want to be a little more, you know, and I'm not saying just by outfit, but if you're a little more creative, maybe marketing is your department that you want to be in. And and if you're in an environment where there's that open line of communication, Mm -hmm. the team leader would much rather have you as someone that they know that they vetted in the right place at the company rather than be miserable because then no one wins. And then they lose them to their competitor. Yeah. No one wants that. So what are some things leaders can do to not, not only establish, but really maintain that kind of culture? What kind of culture? The, 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 you're going to make me find words. Okay. (laughs) It's not, it's not just about establishing, you know, the leadership and the starting points, but you want to have a, um, a give and take, uh, a a healthy environment because it's not just, and I think we'll go to Rusty first on this one. It's not just about establishing leadership, but you want to put, um, your, your business in a position to grow. So, uh, so how do, how can leaders do that? I know. Easy question. How do you build your business to like (laughs) ridiculous? How do you put your position in a business to grow? Um, Well, I I mean, I think there's kind of two levels to talk about that. One is the the work orientation, which is what are these, what's the strategy? What are the initiatives you're doing? What are the pieces of work that need to get delivered in order for your company to grow? Um, so obviously that's something the leader and their team needs to break down and get clear on so they can drive accountability and deliver on that work. The other level though, is the team dynamic and the leadership element. And this gets back to communication and trust and, uh, you know, the, the dynamic among the team, which is culture, right? Culture, you know, many of us think about culture as the words that are written up on the wall about, you know, authenticity or integrity or, you know, customer orientation or customer service, whatever. Really, culture is about the way people interact. That's what really reflects the culture is how many of these conversations about 
strengths and weaknesses and opportunities and career desire and so on, how many of those conversations are actually happening? Mm-hmm. How often do you actually, as a leader, have a conversation with a person on your team? Do you have a one-on-one at all? And if you have the one-on-one, are you checking in with them? How are you doing? Are you learning? Are there things that I can do differently to support you? Mm-hmm. Those are elements those little behaviors are the elements that create culture. And so from a leader's standpoint, like the things you need to do are not just write words up on the wall saying, I want to have you know a team environment uh, as a culture, but what does that actually mean? How do you translate that into behaviors and actions? And are you actually taking those actions? So I think that's a super important element uh, about, which leads to growth because we all know like no one person has all the best ideas. The best ideas come from the team as a whole. And so you need a, an environment and a culture that enables those ideas to percolate to the surface and then get delivered. And as we're talking before, it starts from the top, right? The modeling, the being a team member, the, the steering the ship in a way where everybody benefits. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I like to think that I create... Uh, I, I create a culture of safety. Uh, you know, uh, people are, uh, uh, that people are safe to, and, and I actually have a document of my creative calling coaching values, you know, and I have, I, I give it to my em- employees. Uh, and one of the values is we, we just admit when we make mistakes without blame or, or excuse. And, uh, we ask for help if we need it and people step out of their roles to help someone else who's maybe not in their roles. And I, I, I mean, I love it when I can have, you know, I, sometimes I have to get freelancers who don't have don't work for me full time, but when I can get everybody in a room at once for a company meeting, it's so wonderful to see my client manager helping the marketing person uh, deal with a software issue or some issue and having that cross-pollination. And the, the other thing I'm very careful to do, like when somebody makes a mistake and people make mistakes, I I never say, uh, I, I do my best not to say, uh, you did that wrong. That's not what I wanted. I will say, you know, I asked you to do this. And I notice that. I notice is very powerful. I notice that you did this instead. Can you tell me what, what's going on with that? Uh, I notice is a lifesaver. Just, just, <laughs> and then you can say exactly what it is you see. All right. I I think that's good. And to have a tool in your pocket to go to will, it just, it starts the conversation and where you can go from there. Yeah. I think that's, that's perfect. And to um, kind of go on what Rusty was saying about, you know, having the words on the wall. To me, that's a tool as an HR person, as you know, everything goes through that lens of hiring, terminating discipline promotion goes through those, those values. And yes, they're on the wall in my office and I look at it and this is not my thing. This is a a guy named Andy Frazella. This is his thing. And I I picked those core values up from him and how to use those words in the day-to-day of the care and feeding of the staff. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's, you know, maybe not treating one of their 
one of their coworkers in a, an appropriate manner, you can look and like, is that teamwork? And is that professionalism? And it's an easy way for them to, to realize, oh, no, it's not. Or if somebody did something really good, you know, you can po point to the same words and be like, awesome. That is exactly what we're going for. So maybe that came away from growth necessarily, but you can. Oh, yeah, right, growth. <laughs> I, I, well, I don't think it did. Or shrink your team if necessary, because HR. <laughs> so, no, it didn't. Just it didn't. A, You're right. You're, I agree, Rose. And I just, just a quick note, which is I, I think both Julie, you and Rati both gave examples of taking the thing that's written on the wall and putting it into action, which is what I was saying. It's like, it's gotta be in the behavior. It's gotta be yeah. something you're actually doing. So if you're having a conversation with someone saying that's not teamwork, that is putting those words into action. And Rati, you said, hey, on the first day, I hand them this paper with the values. And then we, it sounds like you talk about it, right? It's not just mm -hmm. a one-time here, here's this thing, go read it. Mm -hmm. But it actually comes to life in the way you interact with people. And that is what culture is. It's not about the words. It's about how you're using those and applying those in those day-to-day -day actions. Mm -hmm. I love it when people give examples when they don't realize it. And it's, <laughs> but, it, but this is why I, I love these conversations. It's bringing together three people from obviously very different backgrounds. Um, and your approaches are similar and different simultaneously. Mm -hmm. But it's really all about what is the win? Uh, how do we get the win for the company, for the leaders, so everybody grows, everything benefits? Yeah. And, and, and I do want to address, because you all brought it up, uh, leadership in personal life. So what are some tips um, you all have for people to be better leaders, you know, when the clock, when they're not on the work clock? Is that a right way to say it? Rati, you want to start us off? They're, they're, they're not that different. I know. <laughs> they well, really it, aren't. Because business and personal, they feed each other. If you're good at one, you'll be good at the other. And it mm -hmm. elevates. If you're being authentic, you're being authentic. You know? And if, if you're validating someone for their good behavior, uh, then you're going to do that. I mean, I find that 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 works it at home too and i you know actually in terms of parenting uh there was some uh, i have a, a very dear friend who's my son's godmother and she gave me the best piece of parenting advice and i think this goes for business too she says the larger the infraction the smaller the reaction so instead of going ballistic when your kid does something wrong you're just cool as a cucumber. And when the kid does something right, you are cheering. You are setting off the, you know, the fireworks. <laughs> uh, and I mean, that works for spouses too, you know. It, it, it really does. And it may seem silly, but, you know, if my husband cooks dinner, I make a fuss over it. I say, thank you for making dinner. I was so tired. It means a lot to me or, you know, it, with all of it, it's just focusing on what people, catching people doing something right causes them to want to do more of that. And being able to say, I'm sorry, when you don't do that and being able to apologize. I, I love how you just put it when you catch someone doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but but we celebrate all wins, and, and I love how you put this. 
because the opposite is true. You make a big deal out of the little things and you don't make such a big deal about the mm, things. Mm -hmm. And that's a really nice balance. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Julie? Uh, I think the same thing I said at the beginning of the show regarding modeling the behavior you expect, uh, you know, whether it's kindness to strangers, getting your homework done, um, not just taking a day off because you're being lazy because you made a commitment, whether it's to your, you know, to your volleyball team or to your job. Um, I think really, and, and of course, like, um, like Rati said, really celebrating the wins, of course. So, and just, I don't know. I, I, I also uh, am very much of the, you know, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Yeah. And I look at like how gross my car is. <laughs> so, but part of that is because of those children. <laughs> so, so, but um, yeah, just, just by modeling, modeling that same behavior, being, being a decent human being. Yeah. And picking your battles. You don't have to fight every battle. You don't yeah. have to get on every time somebody's be, somebody things aren't going the way you want. Sure. Yeah, boy, yeah, that's. I think that's so important. Or you're in school. You're not the boss. You got to play the game. Welcome to the world. You know. <laughs> well, it's true that these are life skills that kids are getting. One of my favorite things is talking. Because I did competitive public speaking all in high school and all through college. And I always say, if you could speak, you can communicate. If you can communicate, you can do anything. So as you are raising your kids, modeling the behavior, it's going to set them up. So how cool is that? Yeah. Unless you're modeling poorly, well, which I am also guilty of. <laughs> Well, I, I think everybody everybody has our, our moments, right? Where we're at less than our best. I think that's just part of being human. Um, I, I, fundamentally, I think the skills are the same of being a leader at home or at work. I don't think people always apply them in the same way, but I think the skills are the same. And I want to come back to two of the things I mentioned earlier as these five fundamentals of leadership, um, which is one is knowing what your values are, what's important to you having a vision, which is a picture of success. What does it look like to be the kind of parent or the kind of spouse or friend or community member that you want to be? And to in the bigger context of life, right? Because we all have multiple hats, right? We're working, we're a parent or we're a child or we're a spouse or a caretaker, whatever, all the different roles that we have. And so part of this idea of vision and values is taking a step back, looking at the big picture of your life and saying, what's important to me at this phase of my life? How do I want to show up and building that picture? And then the second element, which is equally important, is the courage to do something about it. So many people will say, well, this is just a really hard situation. And I'm just like, I'm just going to have to bear through it. Uh, and they might say that at work, right? Oh, I've got this terrible boss and I've just got to show up and like figure it out. Or they might say it's not a psychologically safe environment. And so I just have to keep my mouth shut. Mm. Or they say, my kid is acting out and I don't know what to do with it. And like, it's easier to just like, let it go for right now. Whatever the story is, this is where courage comes in. Uh, because ultimately, each person is 100% responsible for what's going on in their life. Mm -hmm. If you're not in a psychologically safe environment, what are you doing about it? Mm 
If your kid's not doing the thing that they're supposed to be doing, what are you doing about it? If your team's not performing well, what are you doing about it? It all comes back to responsibility, which takes a huge amount of courage. These things aren't easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but no one else is going to do it for you. And the self-awareness that that is, I think that ties in with courage very a lot. For sure. I, I frequent, well, and I probably said that, you know, you can't get what you want unless you know what that is, but it starts with when you look at the life you want, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. But hitting the pause button to take the steps to move forward is some, it's, it's a big deal because so many people would much rather stay in the status quo than change things, make a difference. So this change is hard. It is hard. It's hard to do hard things. Well, but this is why, why I have these conversations. Um, I, well, in my motto is goal setting simplified because I believe change is challenging enough. The instructions need to be easy. So I made the instructions easy. Everything we're talking about here, they're big things. Maybe they're not that easy to do, but they're all doable. Yeah. And I just to to say one other piece about that, which is around courage. A lot of people say, oh, if only I had the courage to do something like that. Well, I think that's a misunderstanding of what courage is. Uh, Courage is doing it when it's not easy. Mm. Uh, Right. So people's like, oh, if I only had the courage, I think behind that is this assumption that if only it were easier, if only I didn't, I weren't so worried about the outcome. Mm. Mm. But courage is exactly in that moment is saying, I recognize this is difficult Mm -hmm. and it is challenging and it does stretch me and it matters. And so I'm going to do it anyway. And that's that's what courage is. (laughs) Oh, I need to do a show on courage. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Um, this is a really great lead-in um, to gifting goals. So what I would love from each of you is to share a goal, something someone could do today, tonight, tomorrow, to either amp up their leadership skills or anything related to thus. Rusty, do you have a sure, goal? I'll put one out there. Uh, And I'm going to tie this into something I mentioned earlier, which is like the biggest problem with communication is the thing that you want to say that you're not saying. And so I want to give people the goal to think about your a place in your work, or it could be a place in your family or in your home life with a child, with a spouse, with a family member. But think of something that's important that's that you have not. Sound is that? (laughs) (laughs) That that's the sound of. Oh my gosh, you're asking me to do what? <laughs> uh, Rusty, can you, uh, uh, the dog I think got your best bit. Will you please yeah. repeat yourself? Yeah, think of think of a conversation that you're not having with someone at work, with someone at home, with a family member, something that you've been thinking about that's important that you care about, but you're not having for some reason, like you're concerned about how it's going to land, what the other person's going to say. You got a story in your mind that says, oh, I could never say that. And just explore how you could broach that conversation. You don't have to go all the way in. You don't have to go to 100%. But how do you get the conversation started? So come up with a strategy because that is, that's what leaders do. That's what courage is. You're moving forward on something that's important to you. Assuming, of course, that this is a well-intentioned conversation, right? This is not a you're complaining, but this is mm-hmm. about something that moves you and your relationship forward. I always believe that, and this is, I think, is, I think it's probably likely for my mom because, you know, 
raised by the cheerleader raised by the cheerleader. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go into a conversation with dread, that's the result you're going to have. Yeah. But if you go into a conversation with the result that you would like, best case scenario, you're more likely to get that. So if you also keep that in mind, a conversation like, and I love this goal, it's less scary because the only thing that's going to stop you is not, is not opening your mouth. You know, Mm -hmm. things can stay the same forever. And Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, they do. You have the power to make change and it could just start with a few words. So great goal. Yeah. Thank you. And I just want to just kind of one, just to build on the cheerleader thing, right? Like it, we, you find what you look for. So if you're looking for problems, or if you're looking for how the conversation is going to go badly, if you're looking for why it's going to blow up, you're going to find those things. And so to Deb, your point is, how can this go well? And start looking for all the positives and the good things. And I don't think anyone can get that reminder too often. You know, and it can be a minor knit or it could be a big thing, but the stories in our head, (laughs) they're going to spiral no matter what, right? So why not spiral it in a positive manner? Rati, what goal do you have to gift? Wow. This is very, and it's, it's a goal pertaining to cultivating leadership. Am I right? Did I nail that kind of? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So, uh, you know, we we have certain, uh, I think, emotional, mental habits. And and so when, for instance, uh, when someone does something wrong or other than you wish they do it, you get annoyed. So. I would, you know, make a game of gamify it, maybe keep track of how many times you can shift from annoyance to curiosity. Ooh, get curious. I notice that you did it this way instead of the way I asked. And I'm and not, not, not bullshit patronizing, but really get curious. I'm wondering what was your thought process there? What went on? Uh, you know, and, 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 and try to do that. Maybe go for a goal. Cause I know smart goals, specific, measurable, attainable. I don't know. We do not, we do not do smart you goals. Don't smart goal. I was going to say, go no. for three do, times, three times. Deb goals three on the show. Deb goals. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I like to give numbers. I like numbers. And also oh, I work with a lot then. of people with neurodivergence. So they love to gamify things, gaming, because it makes it in, let's make it interesting. Like a gambler. Let's make it interesting. Let's wager. <laughs> See if you can do do that at least three times in a given week where you notice you're annoyed and you shift to curiosity instead. I think that works really well. Now I, I have, I have the thing. (laughs) I think smart goals are a tool, Mm -hmm. but I know a lot of goal setting experts hold their shingle on it. And I, the, I will not spiral, but I created the dev method because pushed my a button for sure. I, I oh, you totally that. did. My mom said you hate smart goals. Why can't you create dev goals? And <laughs> my name and my philosophy determine your mission, explore your option, brainstorm your path. It worked. Um, so yes, I'm okay with numbers and numbers 
are good, I will step off my soapbox and go to Julie. What goal do you have? It's your show. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> well, yes, this is the dev show. Um, I think my goal that I would gift would be um, maybe less, less cultivate, more improve and say, take a good hard look at yourself. Are you, are you self-aware enough to know where your weaknesses are? And really um, see if you are the, the leader that you want to be or that you want to see. If your results are not what you think they should be, that's your fault. You may want to blame your staff, but it's not their fault. It's, it's your fault. And you um, need to change up what you're doing. Because it's obviously not working. Okay, so let's make this into a goal. Um, <laughs> your goal is to improve. Be better. <laughs> do better, damn it. Do better. We can do that better. That was PG still, I hope. I don't know. Make a list of your weaknesses and see how you can improve. You're, you're very good at this. Does that yes. work? Very yes. <laughs> I know my writer slash editor is showing yes. make a list of your weaknesses and see where you can improve. And there's so many um, resources out there. Mm -hmm. um, but I think one easy way that I think everybody can improve. And I think this came up the last time I talked about leadership. I know it's come up in multiple conversations is listening. Mm -hmm. It's something I think Everybody can put on their list of things because it's not just about hearing. It's about listening, taking action. So I think it's a great goal, you know, edited to sound like a goal. I mean, I can't help it. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, this, this has been, it's been such a fun and enlightening conversation. And like I said, this is why I like to bring different people together because you all have a perspective but you all agree, leadership, it's a skill within all of us. You just need to take a step back and look at yourself and look how you are leading and improve, do better. <laughs> Everybody wins. Did, yes. did I encapsulate everything? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> but before we wrap, uh, please tell people where they can learn more about you. Rusty? The best place to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Rusty Gaylord. You'll find me there. Uh, you can go to my website too, RustyGaylord.com. And uh, there's a contact form there. It's got my contact info. I'd love to hear from you and let me know you heard this conversation on the Deb Show. Perfect. Thank you. And Rati, where can people learn more about you? Well, I think the best place is just to go to Right there, like you have it right there, creativecallingcoaching.com. One word. You can navigate to all things Rati. Excellent. And Julie, where can we learn um, more about you? Uh, you can find me at uh, on LinkedIn at Julie Waters. And also you can find a copy of my book, HR Explained. At, uh, isn't she pretty? <laughs> HR Explained. Is, it, are, is it a twin? It is. Yellow books. Yellow grabs. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yes. Congratulations on the book. It, it's 
uh, seems to be a wonderful, uh, no pun intended, resource for people who want to learn more about human Thank resources. Um, and if you go to the debmethod.com slash blog, uh, there'll be the recap and some of the highlights as well as links. And I will have everybody's website link as well as uh, their LinkedIn. So you can connect and always when you connect on LinkedIn, leave a note and say that this is where you met. Um, and you can find me, I'm at the Deb Method everywhere. Um, and every Monday, 4 p.m. Pacific, you can catch one of these conversations live, or you can subscribe to The Deb Show on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. Oh, my goodness. What a can great I, conversation. Can I ask something? Can I ask you? If, I, I, every, since you're talking books, I, I'm, I just have to say that I have a book coming out on July 18th. It's in pre-sale. So, uh, you know, and I have... Um, Maybe in the show notes, you, I, I can give a link to get the discount for it. Any links, my dear guests, that you want to send me to include okay. with the show notes, just send cool. it to me tonight. I'm happy to include because it's about, you know, elevating all of us. Congratulations. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, yeah, congrats. Exciting, my congrats. Gold stars. Yay. Everybody <laughs> wins. Everybody, whether you're you're tuning in, you're watching live or the replay, you're choosing yourself and your skills and your goals to get yourself out there. Um, Julie, Rusty, Rati, do you each have a final thought? Dear in the headlights. (laughs) You know, I, I like to say, well, if it's personally, I think my final thought is if you're struggling you're doing it wrong if it's hard you're probably doing it wrong if you're struggling you're doing it wrong yeah have Life fun. Should be easy. if it's not fun there's probably a better way to go about it whatever it is that's great and julie um come back to me <laughs> sorry rusty <laughs> rusty final thought a final thought. I, I, I'm just going to put out there that uh, for most of the people, most of us out, well, I'm just going to say for all of us, we have way more capability and potential than we realize. Uh, and so for anyone listening, if you've got an aspiration, if you've got a vision to be a stronger leader, to be more engaged in your community, to find a better balance between your work and your home, to grow your business, whatever it is, you absolutely can achieve it. So set your aim, set your aim high and Figure out what are the actions you can take to move you forward and then have the courage to go do it. Go try it. Take a step because you can accomplish way more than you give yourself credit for. I uh, wear my gold stars. Completely agree. Yeah. And this is why I do what I do because it's our life. It's our choice. Make a choice. You're here. You're tuning in. You want something better. Go. You can do it. So mm-hmm. I'm completely with you on that one. Julie. Do you have a final thought? Sorry, that's rough to follow. Good, that was re- that was really amazing. <laughs> so, but so I'm going to just say, uh, be the leader that you would want to see in whoever's leading you. Mm, I like that. Ooh, right, bringing it back. <laughs> Lead like you'd like to be led. I think yes. that's lovely. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much, Rusty Rati, Julie for joining me today. Thank you for tuning in, whether you are watching this or watching the replay or listening to the Deb show on the marketing podcast, on the marketing podcast network. We appreciate you being here and choosing yourself and choosing leadership. 
go out there, go for it, because we know you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.